episode 8. The interview we have today is going to be fucking incredible. Who do we have on today? We have an ACHA vet, a D3 stud, turned U Sports All-Star to European Pro, a guy I've known for fucking 10 years. We trained together, we grew up together. Gilly, buddy, how has it been? Holy shit, Jacko, what's going on? Oh man, I'm pumped for this, pumped for this. Not only do have you been a fucking journeyman, and you've been in some pretty cool places, but I know you as a guy, and the stories that, that we're going to be able to talk about today are going to be incredible. Oh yeah, man. It's uh when you messaged me asking to come on, I was like, hell yeah, I'm down to podcast talk all the time. This shit's awesome. No, I'm I'm super pumped. Um, I mean, I think we might as well just get right into it. So your your uh, your first, I don't know, experience, I guess, is Adrian College. Um, why don't you just kind of break that down for us? Uh, I mean, growing up, we all had that dream of either you know playing in the OHL or playing Division uh, Division One, Division Three hockey in the states. But just kind of go through how you ended up at Adrian. Yeah. So um, honestly, I I look at all that as just kind of a fluke, if we're going to be completely honest, because I never played anywhere hot when we were growing up. Like you know me, I could never get out of an A center. Um, Fuck, I think our OHL draft year, I was playing house league somewhere. And then played a little bit of double A. And after after we finished minor hockey, I played in that junior A outlaw league, which is the most horrific hockey you'll ever fucking witness in your life. Yeah, it's not too good. No, it's not good at all. It's awful. Um, but anyways... Um, I was playing a game, and after the game, there was like a scout from Adrian College there, and it wasn't the Division Three scout. It was just like an ACHA scout, and he's like, hey, would you want to come down and play hockey? And I was like, oh, like it's not NCAA. Like, how good could it actually be, right? Mm-hmm. But then, um, so after my season ended playing in the Outlaw League, we went on a couple trips to a couple other ACHA schools that were interested. And the first one I went to was Adrian. They were the first one I went to, and they had me on for a skate. And it was actually some pretty good hockey for what it was, like just guys mostly out of, uh, you know, high school hockey in the United States. Like some of them played in the Nall and that kind of thing. And then, yeah, so it came down, time to decide, and then – Adrian was just kind of more the choice, like even though he was just over the border there, it was the closest one. Um, I know I was talking with Florida Gulf Coast and Lindenwood, uh, Toledo. Uh, there was a bunch of others, but man, that's years ago. I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. And I got the opportunity to go down there and I was like, yeah, like I'm going to go for it. Why not get to play hockey and go to school? So, so were you... I mean, you you didn't really kind of age out, right? You you jumped straight to Adrian. Did you feel that you know you you felt that that was a good opportunity that you wanted to go from there? You didn't really kind of want to stick to junior and see if you could play one or two more years, or how did that kind of decision come 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 on hold? Yeah, pretty much. It was just like go go go. Like I just wanted to get on with school. I really didn't want to take my time and play out junior. Um, even though I probably should have looking back on it now, I probably could have made a jump to an actual junior league rather than just playing in that shit league I played in, um, <laughs> played in it too. Yeah. It's, it's not great. Yeah. Like I, I personally, I could have, uh, 
I think I could have made the jump to a nice junior B team or even get into the OJ on my overage year or something like that. It would have mm-hmm. set me up for a way better uh, path than what all your listeners are about to hear. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, for the most part, it was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. Going out to Adrian, I was, what, I think I was 18 when I got out there. And no, just a lot of fun being exposed to small town college and like everyone at Adrian College is like an athlete. I think it's like 85% of the student bodies are athletes. Oh yeah. Not that it's a, like- not that it's a big school or anything, but like <laughs> but no, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. Well they have a huge hockey program out there, don't they? Like they have multiple teams. Yeah, so when I got there they had men's ACHA three, men's ACHA one and men's NCAA three, but they had two ACHA three teams. They're black and gold. And one was basically the good team. And the other one was the shit team. And, uh, you're, you're on the good one. No, I was on the shit one, but you know, like we made it work. (laughs) (laughs) No, if you want to dive into that. So anyways, I go to, I go to Adrian and then, they have like the open tryouts or whatever. So I go to the open tryouts for the division one team and I did really well. I didn't let in any goals in the scrimmages and stuff like that. I played very well, but me, I'm a really loyal guy. So I told the guy that scouted me from day one, I was like, Hey, like, I like no matter what at the open tryouts, whatever happens, I'm going to play for your team. Like if the ACHA one team wants me, I'm not going to sign with them. If the ACHA three gold team wants me, I'm not going to sign with them. I'm going to be your number one guy and I'm going to play for you. Pretty noble, man. That's like, Wait, well, yeah. okay. so you keep going and then I'll just kind of share some stuff with that too. Yeah. So no, chime in whenever you want your podcast. I'm just here. <laughs> and, um, so I did that. And so I had really good ACHA one. And then I just, I told them, I'm like, Hey, uh, I told the guys on the ACHA one team, I was like, yeah, I don't really want to, uh, I'm, I'm not going to play for you. I really want to play this year a lot. I don't just kind of want to, you know, duke it out with the other goalies that have already been there for two, three years, like as juniors and seniors, I'll just go and play club three for a year and see how that goes. So that's what I did. And then it was actually kind of funny because my coach didn't make me skate with our open tryouts. So I kind of like, you know, like, who's this? who's this new guy walking in here? Doesn't have to skate at her own open trial. So that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, my backup that year didn't really like it. Him and I clashed heads pretty good. Um, Man, that can, that can be tough sometimes if you're, if you're backup goalie, right? Like if you two just don't get along. Yeah, man, it was so that weird. Can make, that can make the year really tough. It did. Like at the start of the year, like he, from the get go, he was like really upset. Like he was, I think he was a sophomore or a junior when yeah, I got so he there. Was there before you, and he's like, right. Oh, and then it's my I, turn. Yeah, he. I guess he just thought it was going to be his turn to like come in here and run the show. Yeah, and and then Gilly comes in. Fuck off, buddy. It's my team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, ACHA three. I come in there and just take the ranks. Anyways, um, yeah, but then that was kind of tough having a backup goalie that was really not on your side and. That was the same thing even when I played in uh, in the Outlaw League. Like, the other goalie when I came in, because I came in, like, halfway through the year. So I didn't even play a full year of junior before I went to Adrian. I played half a year. came in at, like, November. And um, 
he didn't like me either. Like I would come to the rink, the other goalie on the team, like my stuff would be up in the roof of the rink or some shit. He'd be fucking with my gear all the time. And I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? He's a great teammate. Man, like there's, <laughs> he was brutal, man. Like between goalies, right? It's like, they're like, yes, you're trying to take each other's job, but like, you're always trying to just kind of be like respectful of each other. And just like, at the end of the day, you know, only one guy can be in the net, but there's, there's definitely some goalie partners that we both had where it's like, they're one of your best friends and then other guys are just like like you won't go out with lunch with him like it's just not happening like you just don't click oh definitely i, I yeah 100 percent. but like i believe karma got my goalie partner when i was playing <laughs> in the outlaw league though because uh the one time we had practice and he just didn't show up and then the next day he didn't show up and then the following day he didn't show up and then he came to the rink one day and uh he had like a black eye and his face was all fucked up. And I was like, what the hell happened? This isn't confirmed, but this is what I heard from some of the other guys on the team is that like he got in like a road rage at, like incident in my town that we were playing in. And this guy like got out of the car, went to confront the guy that he was like road raging with. This guy got out of the car and apparently just beat the brakes off of him. <laughs> Small town of Bradford. Yeah, oh, like man. I'm not even kidding. This isn't con- like this isn't confirmed, but like I can believe it, man. Like that's like <laughs> you're not gonna lie about something like that. <laughs> it's too fucked to just make something up like that. Yeah, like where do you even come in your head to think of something like that, right? So I I think that was karma getting it back at him because like man, I we be getting ready for I'd go to the rink for an away game and like I'd be starting and I'd get there and none of my equipment is in my stall. <laughs> so like I'm running around the rink trying to find my gear and the bus is leaving in 20 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what the fuck did I ever do to this guy? I've never had anyone that bad. Oh, it was fucked, man. Oh, oh I, I, oh. I've never had that. Like I, I, we had guys, like there was two specific guys where like we'd tape their skate blades or like, um, like just take their blades straight out and like shit like that. But we never fucking like hid people's equipment. So they'd like miss the fucking boss. Hey, I'm all about it. Like practice days. Yeah, do it. Oh, but yeah. when I'm getting ready for a game, like, come on, let's, let's, let's straighten it out here. <laughs> I had, um, when I was, when I was in me for Gilly, I had the rookie goalie. He would pack my bag because I lived like further out of town with a, with a buddy. <laughs> and me this, fucking kid, this fucking kid forgot my sticks. I had a, the bus driver had to take me to to Canadian Tire, and I had to buy a seventy dollars stick. I fucking got a shutout, but I had Not a, big deal. A, a warrior, <laughs> a warrior swagger, Canadian Tire quality in a fucking game. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" But man, backup goalies will get you. Oh, Jack, man, I have a story like that when I was playing in Adrian. We were getting ready for an away game. I think we were playing. Um, oh fuck, what was that school? Uh, Central. We're playing Central Michigan. I think that's the name of it. Anyways, so we're going out there, and I have all my all my stuff ready to go, and I got I got my four sticks taped up, ready to take with me. And then it was weird because I was playing a lot, so like I wasn't considered a rookie. All the like I didn't really pack any bags at all, so like I would just have all my stuff ready to go. I'd leave my sticks by the stick bag, so like whoever was packing it, you know, yeah. you see you see four sticks ready to go. <laughs> with the number one on the top of them clearly those are mine and clearly i'm playing tonight so you should probably fucking pack them we get out there you know i'm you know i put my put my running stuff on my workout stuff for the game whatever i go to tip my stick and my sticks aren't there and i fucking lose it yeah gilly gilly is pretty calm guy 
But when when you piss him off, he he can get pretty mad. Just experience with boards, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's so, a joke for only you and I will know. But um, yeah, oh, yeah, no, continue, continue. So I fucking snap. My my backup goalie has like three different sticks. He's got like a CPM, <laughs> a fucking Bauer, and then he has like a Brian stick. That's a guy that you know he shops in like the clearance section. <laughs> That's so dirty, man. <laughs> so, anyways, I go up to him like, "Hey, man, can I use one of your sticks? Like, can I use your stick for tonight? Like, I obviously don't have any. I'm not going to buy any more. I got four. I got four NXGs at the time back at Adrian. Like, I'm not buying any more sticks. It's ACHA. He got to buy sticks. And <laughs> this is an Ohio State. <laughs> so then uh, he's like, "Yeah." And he brings out that Brian stick. Jack, I got to send you a photo. There's a photo of me using this stick. It's fucking brutal. So anyways, I tear his tape off it, tape it up. I used it, whatever. <laughs> like I played a game, but oh man, I will never use one of those sticks again. It was wood. It was shit. It was awful. Oh man. So that's just, I mean, that's awesome. You, so you jump from your club D3. You're obviously too good for the D1 team, and you go to the D3 NCAA team. So you're no longer in the club ranks, right? You're in Division Three, And so some more context to that is Adrian College D3, like Wyatt said earlier, very good program, right? They're always kind of nationally ranked. So always. explain how you go from a Club 3 team, which you had said is the worst team in the school, to jumping into the top team in the school. Well, like I wouldn't say I was too good for ACHA one. I think I think if I could go back, I would have stayed at Adrian ACHA one, and I'll tell you why after we talk about the NCAA Division three. But anyways, I got to campus for my for, uh, sophomore year, and I heard that the NCAA team only had two goalies, and they were looking for like a third guy to kind of be like a practiced goalie, you know, might see games, whatever. Yeah, but like to me, I never shade away from stuff like that because when I signed with that outlaw team, with the outlaw team, they were just like, "Oh yeah, like you're gonna be like the fourth string. You might not play a lot." And then I ended up being like, we went on a run at the end of the year. I won like the last five games or six games of the season. I won five of them, and then I never played in the playoffs. I still don't know why, but anyways, um, <laughs> and we went out first round, but we're not looking at that. Um, but yeah, so I heard they were looking for a third. And at the end of my freshman year, um, my coach and I kind of went at it. I didn't really agree what he was saying about me. He was kind of saying that I was at fault for some of the games and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, like, that's not going to float with me, buddy. Yeah. Some- Especially when you put up like 40 plus saves, you still get blown out. But Man, I saw some of the guys on your team. Fuck, you had four guys averaging more than a point a game. Like, it was just stressing offense. Yeah, our offense was good, but like our defense in the D zone wasn't too good. And I guess our goalie was shit too, you know. I wasn't that good. I'm kidding. Yeah. But uh <laughs> <laughs> No, but like it was just it was just really frustrating and like I was young too, so I probably should have just shut my mouth and just let him yell at me, but I wasn't really going to deal with that, especially when I really wanted to win. I hate losing. So then he benched me like Three quarters of the year, he sat me for like four games in the stands, and I was like, "Yeah, no, this is not going <laughs> to happen. I'm not dealing with this next year. I need to get out of here." So, um, 
I went and skated with the NCAA team for a week before classes started. And, you know, like I had a lot of fun and it was just, man, hockey was just so much better. And I was like, man, you know what? If I go back and play club, I'm probably going to sit on the bench because the coach doesn't really like me. And even though I go out to Division One club, they're not going to play me because their number one guy's a senior. So I was like, if I'm going to sit on the bench either way, I might as well just sit at the bench at the highest level. That's kind of the way that I looked at it. And like yeah. take the year to get better, and then we'll go from there. So anyways, that's kind of what I did. And, you know, I got an opportunity to play, which was nice, and it was sick. And it was unreal to be on the ice at that level. And I met a lot of great guys, like the like our starting goalie there, Kevin Etma. He was a, he's an absolute beauty. Shout out to Kev. And he took me under his wing. He was not he was not an asshole to me at all. He knew I wanted to get better and like be a better goalie because I didn't really play much junior. Right, I only played <laughs> not even a full year. Played nine games. <laughs> I think it was like see that's another thing about that league. The stats are so far off. Oh yeah, I know. Yep. Like, if you go on my Elite Prospects... Oh, I'm them on right now. I have it open right now. <laughs> Let's not jump forward, but, like, look at my Fergus Force numbers. Like, those don't even make sense. Man, you make my Buffalo numbers look good. <laughs> Getting fucking living... Giving up nine goals a game. I wasn't, though. That was just so fucked up, man. I think I hit... I think I hit nine goals the first game... Nine goals against the first game I played. And that's because I hadn't played in a year and a half. Because I barely played at Adrian. And by barely, I mean I didn't. And then, so yeah, okay, we're going way too far ahead. We need to slow down. <laughs> we can't. One step at a time, Gilly. One step, one at, step a time. at a time here, Jackal. You're getting me all over the place. Okay, so I went and talked to the coach, Coach Krug. Unreal Tory, guy. Tory Krug? Sorry? <laughs> Tory Krug? No, his brother Adam actually. Oh fuck off, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not even kidding. That's good. Yeah, so so his his brother Adam, who was a coach there, unreal coach. He's amazing. Knows hockey very well. And yeah, like it was, it was actually kind of funny because it was on my birthday, and I knew the following. So that weekend, it was a Friday, and that weekend were the ACHA one trials. I was like, man, like I'm gonna be in pretty good shape coming into these trials i'll probably crack the division one squad if these guys don't want me and um so i was really confident then i go into the office i was like hey like i'm just wondering uh what are you guys thinking blah blah blah. and he's like well i talked to the team yesterday and uh we're gonna keep you and i was like what do you mean he's like yeah we want you on the team this year i was like holy shit okay i'm (laughs) (laughs) I'm like i'm down all right let's do it so yeah no that was a great it was a Big growing year for someone like me, like just being on the ice at that level. Like my captain, uh, Matt Thompson, he plays in the American League now, and like a bunch of those guys play in the East Coast, and you know a bunch of them play in the in the SP as well. And you know, like the, that that whole team was just a bunch of great guys, and I still talk to a few of them today, here and there, the odd time. And no, it was great. It was a great learning experience that year. So let's kind of break down like that jump, right? So you didn't really, well, obviously you didn't play at any level close to that. So just talk about like, not only like the practicing, but like the training, like the gym time. I'm sure you guys had like somewhat of a regiment in terms of like the eating habits. Just like, just talk about like the professionalism that was one of the top programs in D3. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, uh, skate every day, like an hour and a half. Uh, but you know, being a third goalie, I didn't really understand it as much when I was there. I didn't stay on the ice long enough, long as I should have. 
mm-hmm. but that carries on to when I got to Guelph, I realized the things that I wasn't doing great at Adrian, but you know, like I was on the ice with the guys before. And then uh, afterwards I was taking one timers from the big guys and staying, yeah. taking breakaways from the skill guys and playing rebound and stuff like that, you know, stuff just to get the other guys better. Cause fuck, I'm not going to play anytime soon, but they are. Yeah. You know, your role, right. You gotta, you gotta, yeah, know exactly. Role, and that's right? a big thing. And like, you know, one thing that I never did was I never questioned why I wasn't playing. I never, yeah. I never questioned that. And because, like, I knew, I was like, well, there's a reason why you're not playing. You're not fucking good enough to go yet, Gilly. So <laughs> you got to knuckle. Yeah, you got to knuckle down. You got to knuckle down and get better, you know? And, like, that's when I started, like, yeah, I worked out when I played ACHA3. I worked out every day. So I brought that into division, into playing division three. But, you know, you got to step it up a bit. And, you know, I'm a pretty picky eater when it comes to, like, food in general, so I had to find different ways to get more energy into my body, which I did, and, you know, just always having full energy is what I try to do my best, and as long as, as well as doing school and stuff, so it was just more high intense, because when I was playing club, we were only on the ice, like, two, maybe three times a week, which I couldn't stand, I hated it, so, like, me, I love being at the rink, like, whenever we had practice, I'm there an hour before, like, hour and a half before, like, if my sticks have like little puck marks on it, I'm retaping them. Just like doing stupid shit like that, just to be yeah. at the ring, you know. For sure, no, yeah. Knowing you, you're never uh, the biggest guy. Bit of a beanpole growing up, but yeah, you know, I was tiny. I was like Jack when I was, you know, I was Jack height for the longest time. <laughs> I remember training with you, Gilly, and well, fast forward. Well, I guess fast forward behind, but we trained together, and then about like three years not you but everyone like grew and i didn't and we were training again and i had no idea who you were and you're like oh what's up jack i'm like oh he knows my name who is this kid and then it was you but yeah <laughs> i mean get some yeah, guys. Was, that was that was good no in this yeah that was really fun growing man i honestly like the one thing that i wish i could do now that i'm done playing is that go back in time and like continue playing junior i should have just kept playing like another year or two and it would have set things a little bit differently. But at the same time, I did a lot of different things. And, like, I I had a lot of different um, opportunities that I made for myself. And I just kind of rode with them and, you know, got my school, got my education done and that kind of thing. So, yeah, Adrian was good. So where are we going to next here with this story? So, uh, like you said, right, you kind of – I mean, I was there in the moment when you were transitioning from Adrian to Guelph, but just kind of explain that whole process and how you knew you were kind of done at Adrian and then you thought Guelph was the next step. Yeah, so kind of after the first year, after my freshman year, I was like, hey, whatever, like maybe the second year will be better. And then obviously I didn't really play much. So towards the end of my sophomore year, I started talking to another school about transferring for ACHA one and that was Niagara university stateside. And, you know, I talked to them, I went on a visit and I didn't do anything secretly at the end of the year. I asked, um, I talked to my coach and I said, Hey, look, I'm not, I'm not planning on coming back next year. Um, are you okay with me going to a visit at Niagara? And he's like, yeah, that's fine with me. So I was like, okay. So I got, I didn't do anything sneaky. That's the last thing you ever want to do with hockey. You always want to be straight up with coaches. They fucking only... know. They somehow know. And oh, dude. Always... I will tell you right now. You burn bridges in hockey, no matter where you play, you're fucked. You're done. You'll never play it. You'll never, like, you'll never get far. It just doesn't work. 
And so I went to Niagara. I love the school. I had a friend that plays soccer there, so I kind of already knew about the school. So she told me kind of the a lady friend. Yeah, she's cool. She's still there. She's actually finishing up her uh, her masters this year. She plays for the Division One. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. Yeah, she's sick. She's a truck. <laughs> she's unreal. Um, so went there, met with the coach, uh, Larry Brzezikowski was his name. He was nice. He was a really good guy. And so I he wanted me, and I like committed to go there. And then we couldn't really come to an agreement on like tuition pricing and stuff like that. So that deal fell through. And I was rattled because I was like, shit. Yeah, like, what am I going to do now, right? Cause I, well, <laughs> here's where it gets even worse. I'm fucked. <laughs> You're like, I'm not fucking coming back to Michigan. That's not well, happening. This is where, so that falls through. And I'm like, fuck, okay, I'm going to go talk to crew quick and see if I can fucking put my tail into my legs and come back. So I go and talk to crew. And I'm like, hey, uh, Niagara fell through. <laughs> And he goes, oh, like, I already offered a goalie another position. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I was like, no, like, it's like, he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I definitely would have had you back, obviously. Like, it was a good year or whatever. I'm like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's my fault, not yours. And um, so then I talked to the ACHA Division One team, and they had two goalies, and they were offering a third as well to another kid. I was like, oh, man, if I end up back down in Club 3, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> but then they were um, they were getting an ACHA 2 team. and Jesus, how many leagues is fucking... Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, like, in, in the U.S., there's so many kids that want to play hockey in college, right? So they have ACHA 1, 2, and 3, the way the NCAA used to be. So then, um, so we do that, and then... <laughs> So I'm like, okay, fuck this. I'll just apply to a bunch of universities back home, whatever I get into, depending on what their goalie situation is. Maybe I can get a sniff at open camp because I know CIS has open tryouts. Oh, why didn't I went to those? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we can we can explain that afterwards. But, yeah, so yeah. you went to an open tryout. Yeah, so, you know, I um, – I come home and I'm like, you know what? Hockey's over probably. So I'm not going to bother training at all. <laughs> put the gear, put the gear in the storage room. Fucking and, end. Uh, me. Yeah. So it's probably halfway through the summer and I get a call from uh, one of the coaches at Adrian. And I'm like, what the fuck? And um, I'm like, I already told these guys I'm not coming back. What do they want? <laughs> and uh, so it's a coach of the, it was a coach of the division two team. And he's like, Hey, like we want you to come out here and be the goalie. Like we heard you were thinking about transferring, but it was hundred percent sure. And he offers me the starting spot on the Div 2 team. And I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back. I'm, I'm not coming back. And he's like, okay, well, you know what? If, you, if you're going to, um, let me know and we'll, uh, we'll have you out here. I was like, okay, like, I appreciate the offer. Like, let me think on it. I don't even think I called that coach back, to be honest. <laughs> like, if we're going to be completely honest, I don't even remember calling that guy back. And... Uh, so yeah, it was a little depressing time realizing <laughs> I'm not going to play hockey anymore, even though I wasn't really playing to begin with. I wasn't really overly that good. I never really got a chance. <laughs> you know, so whatever. It's um, I sent out a bunch of emails. I I sent off a thousand emails to like every U Sports coach team <laughs> in the country, probably, and uh, just trying to get one email back. So, anyways, I got accepted to um. 
I got accepted to Guelph, and I always wanted to go to Guelph because I want to. I went to. I went and partied at Guelph when I was like. Yeah, 17. yeah. There it is. There it is. Went and partied at Guelph when I was like seventeen. Live it up. Don't remember being there, but it was a sick time apparently. And um, so I was like, you know what? We're just gonna go to Guelph. I'll be a normal, be a normal kid, and just go to <laughs> university. So probably a couple weeks out of school starting, I got an email from coach camp from university of Guelph. And he's like, Hey, like, uh, that's your email. I see you're enrolled and everything. Uh, I was wondering if you'd want to come to open camp. And I was like, yeah, sounds good. So I'm scheduled for open camp, which is like the last weekend of August. So, you know, I'm like, ah, you know, it's probably like the second week of August at this time. Like I'm good. I'll hop on the ice a couple times with the Francos and we'll be good. My goalie school. So then I get an email like two days later. No, the next week. And he goes, hey, we'd like to have you out to our uh, our main camp if you can make it. And I was like, oh, yeah, like when's the date? And it was the following Monday. And I'm getting this on a Wednesday. And I have not skated <laughs> since March. So, so I get for every beer league game going on, everything. No, so I call. This is where shit gets funny. You're going to love this, Wyatt. So I call the Francos. I was like, hey, like I need to get on the ice every day, two hours a day possible. He's like, yeah, and like you know, there's always like a bunch of pro guy skates there. So I, I hopped on the ice with that, like just to get into shape. I was bagging myself. So, anyways, I show up to like one of the private lessons at the Francos, and since it was so last minute, they couldn't really open a station and get an actual shooter. <laughs> so I get into the rink, and you know, I'm all dressed. I'm just getting ready to go here, and uh, he comes in. And he like says, oh, so you, you will be with Marco. You, you will be with Dave. You, you will be with so and so. And then I go, Dave, like. Who am I going to be with? And he's like, oh, Jack's going to be here in 10 minutes. You get to go with Jack. I'm like, what the fuck, Dave? I remember this. I remember this. I'm like, I'm like, I love Jack. But hey, I'm about to go to a youth sports camp. And they got Jack Edmonds shooting on. Shoveling. I've seen not Jack shooting. shoot. It's not, not shooting. Free. I'm shoveling the puck at you, Gilly. Just hacking at the ice. So this is how horrible I was. Jack was scoring on me the first time I skated. And, like, I actually thought about just calling Camper and be like, hey, like, I'm done. Like, I, I, I'm not coming. Jack Edmonds, look him up. He played for Meatford in the same bullshit league I did. He's shooting on me and scoring. So, like, I'm not going to be anything special. No, seriously, all jokes aside, Jack whipped me into shape, got the hands going again. Man, I remember, like, shooting because David told me, he's like, okay, like, you know, you got you to gotta work. He wants to get back into shape, whatever. So I was bagging myself, just like doing like cross crease movements. I was sprinting from one side of the net, doing wraparounds and shit. I was like, I gotta help. I gotta do something. But I, I remember <laughs> yeah. that skate, man. I remember that skate. Oh yeah. So Jack and I got really close again from that, and um, yeah. And then it was sick because there was some pro skates. There were some pro guys skating across. So I would. I'd hop on the ice with the with the pro guys, and then right after, I'd hop on the ice with the Francos. And then sometimes there'd be like a OHL, an OHL uh, skate after that one. So I'd be on the ice three hours a day. I would just keep going because like I needed to get into shape really quick. But um, so yeah, so then we transitioned to Guelph. That's where we're going with this. <laughs> we're trying to go with this. Yeah, there's a lot of background. This is a long interview, man. Holy shit! So. So then we transitioned to Guelph and went to main camp and, you know, first day, just bink, 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 bink. And uh, I really thought about not coming back for day two. <laughs> Some of the guys that were out there was just ridiculous. It was crazy. 
And like the one guy that was out there, um, this day two, I, I remember him cause his younger brother. So the McFadden brothers were on the team at the time, Josh and Zach and a bunch of be- Those guys are absolute beauties. And Josh played in the American league before coming back to Guelph to play with his brother. And he went to school. He's playing, he's playing, he's been playing in Europe. This will be his third year going back out to Europe. Um, played in the Dell two last year. So I remember in practice one time, warm up drill. This guy's a big D man can whistle the puck and warming up in a, like, you know, like four blue type drill puck flips up on him and I'm wearing a cat eye. This guy let one go off my head and like bends the bar on my cat eye in to my face and like cuts my face open. And I was like, yourself, man, it like woke me up. I was kind of tired. Whoa. So I got to pry this cat eye back out. It was sick because they had they had some good equipment guys too. So I just hand my helmet off to them, and he bent it back out for me, finished the skate, you, whatever. We both know you didn't have the strength to do that. No, I could have, but I was still like I'm pretty, uh, sure, I, I'm pretty sure I was concussed, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty funny. And then yeah, so <laughs> day two was better, day three was better, day four was better. You know, I just kept getting better every day because like I was getting my timing back, and you know, like. D3 was good, but, like, U Sports is the most underrated hockey league in Canada. And I'll stand by that. I'll argue anybody that has anything to say against it because you got so many talented kids that, you know, like, don't go and play in the East Coast or, like, they don't get a deal in the show. And they're just like, you know what? Let's just go play U Sports with my buddies. My buddies are all at Laurier or Waterloo. You know, go play there. And it's just unreal hockey. And, like, now over the last, like, five years – European pro leagues have pick and I've decided to pick up on how good these guys are playing at a good level hockey for four or five years. Oh, let's bring them over here. And now they're going to Europe, which makes guys want to play in U sports even more. Right. It's a, it's a ladder effect. You know who actually, we've talked about this before and how, how we think the quality of U sport is severely underrated, especially with the the lack of restrictions that U sport has compared to NCAA. Oh, right, man. You can play, man. You can play in the OHL for five years. If you don't get a sniff in a pro league, well, even if you do, you can go play pro and then go back to U sports. You know what I mean? Like my second year, let's not fast forward. We can get there after, but, um, so we're at main camp. Um, so then main camp finished. That was good. And then for the open tryouts, it's just like a tournament scheduled. Uh, it's like four teams and it's a, uh, it's a tournament for two days you just play against the other teams round robin then finals whatever so um i thought i actually thought i was gonna i had a good chance of making it i really did and so you know what i go and have my exit meeting after camp and you know they're like hey like we can see that you have a lot of potential and we can see you move really well in the net and stuff like that like your skating's really well but um you just they only carry three, not four, right? They're like, yeah, like you're just kind of on the end, but you know, we have our third guy from last year. He's still here. So we're going to go with him. And I was like, okay, I appreciate your time. So I didn't make it right out of main camp. So I got snipped. And then, uh, I tried to play junior C because they said like, Hey, like try and play. Like you never know what happens. Like goalies get injured. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm only 20. I can play my OA year somewhere and then just call it a day. So I almost played junior C uh, for the Cougars, Schaumburg, but 
they have a rule. If you want to play your OA year, you have to play the previous year, which is stupid because the <laughs> following year they took out that fucking rule. So I was like, you're fucked. And a bunch of my buddies were playing on Schaumburg at the time that I hadn't played with since I was young. So it would have been unreal to play with them and cap off my hockey career there. But you know what, Jacko? Guess where we find ourselves? Right back, back in the, the fucking, fucking shit. GMHL. <laughs> Holy fuck, you have to swallow a pride pill to go back to that shit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that place. <laughs> Played for a team called Fergus Force. They're probably, I don't even think they're a team anymore. Dude, they didn't even last a year. We didn't win a fucking game. Oh. You even lost to Meaford. Didn't you lose to Meaford? Yeah, but I played sick. I had like 80. No, not 80. That's perfect. I had like, I had like 70. <laughs> dude, I shit you not. I had like 70 saves. Go. I'll send you the game tape. I still have it. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Not a big deal. <laughs> but anyway, so I played there. And, you know, it was fun. I was getting shelled every single night. Like, I think I was, I was averaging... I'm not even kidding. Like, I was averaging, like, 50-plus saves a night. Fuck. Definitely worked you back into shape. Dude, it was insane. My first game ever. Haven't, this is where that story's going to get funny. First game ever I played. Um, first game ever I played. It was out in West Nipissing. All the way up in the middle of nowhere. Oh, man. It's cold as balls up there. Dude, I played. Yeah, it, it was, like, fucking, fucking December, man. It was brutal. No, not December. It was, like, oh, maybe it was. Anyways, so, um. I go up there, and it's freezing. I haven't played a game in a year and a half. All the guys on this team are looking at me like I'm some fucking Marc-Andre Fleury. <laughs> and I'm not. And we're all fired up. Dude, <laughs> first period, we're down like 4 nothing. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh no. It was ridiculous. Second period, th- this is where it gets funny. So second period comes out, and, uh, you know, I'm getting warm, getting loose again. And I can see my coach is nervous. He's like, who the fuck is this kid? Like, I thought this kid was going to be good. But, man, I saw, like, 27 shots in the first period. Like, it was outrageous. And I was bagged. I wasn't going to show it, but I was so tired. And I did, and I realized, I'm like, man, I got two more periods to go. <laughs> this game's not even fucking half over. <laughs> yeah, so before the second period started, I skated over to the bench because I forgot my water bottle. And I go to get a water bottle, and I'm like, hey, coach, come here. So he leans down over the bench. I'm like, don't even fucking think about pulling me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like what i'm like i don't care if the score gets to 20 don't fucking take me out of the net i can't stand it and, then, and he, he looks at me he's like seriously i was like yeah seriously so he loved it i think and then i played the rest of the game i think the final score was like 9-1 and i had like 89 shots yeah as long as you didn't get the, to the double digit casino that 10 go up oh, oh I, I probably would have been on suey watch for like a week oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. But I will never forget the day that Guelph called me when I was on my way to the rink. It was like a Wednesday. I remember this perfectly. It was a Wednesday. I'm driving up to the rink to practice with Fergus. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I almost fall asleep at these practices, by the way. They're awful. And I go out there, and then I get a call from the coach from Camper. And he's like, hey, uh, we had some goalie situations, and uh, we'd like to bring you on the team. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, uh, the room's open. Uh, there's a stall in the corner. Just drop your stuff off. Be ready for tomorrow morning. I was like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> I am fired up right now, boys. <laughs> I am getting out of the shit show. Of, <laughs> I'm getting out of the shit show of a fucking league that I just so happened to come back to. And I go to the rink, 
And my GM's there, and he's like, I go in there, I start packing my bag. <laughs> in front of him, I start packing my bag. And he goes, where are you going? I'm like, Guelph called me. They want me back. They're like, oh, so you're done here? I'm like, no yeah. shit. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. He's like, did you tell the coach? I'm like, no, but you can. And I'm fucking out there. <laughs> <laughs> done. So whatever. Again. Yeah, so, but <laughs> this is where it bites me in the ass. Guelph said to me, they're like, hey, we're not going to sign you because we want you to keep playing in Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> oh, but it was sick, though. I didn't have to practice with Fergus. All I would do is show up for games. Oh. So it was sick. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal. Jack, you tried pulling that off once. Yeah, I, uh, I got the bug again when I quit my first year of Brock. And I told the coach every time, every time we'd start drinking, he'd call and text the coach. He's like, "I want back in." Yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't drunk drunk text girls. I would drunk text my junior junior this fake junior uh, coach and be like, "Yeah, fake I yeah, fake junior." Um, I'll come back, and then we had a deal. This is actually a good story too. So he's like, "Okay, Meaford to Brock is like three and a half, four hours." So that wasn't gonna happen. So actually, I was gonna play for Bradford, and he's like, okay, first game, they make the trade, I go, right? First game, I get put in halfway through. The team's down 4 nothing to the best team, and I get a shutout. So I'm Not pumped, a big fucking deal, right? Eh? Big, big pumped. And so I'm getting ready to leave the next day to go play a home game, right? Because I only, I only play home games. And <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't practice, limited road games. But anyways, so I'm about to leave. The GM calls me. He's like, yeah, we had to cut you. I was like, what the fuck? I, <laughs> I can snip from the G. Yeah, I got cut from a fucking team. I played six, uh, like forty minutes for get a shutout. And the guy's like, "Yeah, the coach didn't like how you uh, weren't committed." I'm like, "I'm in fucking school. I'm not gonna come play for this makeshift league." <laughs> <laughs> you got cut by a fake hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I played. I played two periods, got a shutout, and went back to Brock the next day and just said, "Well, okay, well that was fun." That's your claim to fame, eh? Yeah, I yeah, that was that was. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. All right, where were we, boys? So you you're at Guelph. We're going into year two. Yeah, I think I think we need to get to the the part I wanted to have you talk about is. Yeah, I went <laughs> off the rails there. Sorry, boys. <laughs> you graduated. To go into that, man. <laughs> hey, no, it's perfect. Um, so you guys grad- just tired of all this fluff. <laughs> Get to the meat. I want to fucking hear about your time in Sweden because I oh, remember here a we go. couple of your here stories, and I'd get some text sometimes. And I'm like, I'm studying for my final, and this guy's fucking traveling in Sweden. So let's just first off, before we get into the traveling and the fucking animal life you were living, let's just talk oh, about how you go from Guelph to Sweden. Okay, so um, okay, so at the end of the year in Guelph, um. Towards my end of the year, second year in Guelph, I really felt like I should have, like I should have got a little bit of a sniff, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like I, I paid my dues and I did what I needed to do. I really wanted to see what I could do because I never really, we, we don't know how good I am. I never got to play, um, <laughs> in the stands. Well, no, I wasn't. I wasn't in the stands. I was. I backed up the second year. After okay. Cor- okay. Well, I, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll fuck off. All right. <laughs> after Cormier left to. The uh, American League, I, I pulled – oh, yeah, that guy's sick. I love Corms. And um, so he left, and then I got to go in and be the number two, and like that's where like I really – I felt myself really starting to excel. 
So, okay, so at the end of Guelph, at the end of the year in Guelph, I was a little bit upset that I didn't get to play at all. So I was just like, you know what? I'm out. I'm leaving again. I'm packing it in. <laughs> so I didn't tell Guelph I was leaving. I didn't tell Guelph I wasn't coming back. I did everything really under the radar because, like, I didn't want to tell – I didn't want the same thing to happen at Guelph that happened at Adrian. Say I'm leaving, they bring in two guys, and then I'm fucked. So I got an agent, and I just basically told my agent, I was like, hey, let's just go out there on the dime. I want to experience it. I want to play. I don't want to sit on a bench, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, I'll get you a deal, whatever. So um, got me a deal with Itavella. Uh Didn't really have many um, – didn't really have much of a what to expect or whatever. I just kind of went out there and just did my thing. And after I signed at Nadevella, I called Guelph and I said, hey, like, I just want to say thanks for everything. And um, But I got this opportunity. I'm going to go travel and get to see a little bit of Europe and play some hockey and meet some people. So that's what I did. And I went to the UK for a bit before I went to Sweden. That was awesome. If you can go see London, it's amazing. I'm a big Harry Potter guy. So you look like fucking, after. what's his name? The redhead's name, Ron Weasley. Fuck Ron you, Weasley. <laughs> Fuck yourself, you fucking liar. Fuck off. <laughs> I- I'm outnumbered here. We got two redheads against one normal colored hair. What do you mean? You look like a fucking lawn gnome, Jack. Shut up. <laughs> I'm the height why of. Why do you look like? Why do you look like Patrick Liney? <laughs> Liney would be pissed if he ever heard that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so Jack Paul. Yeah, he's tall too, unlike Jack. But okay, so we get out to Sweden, and uh, I get there. <laughs> I get there, and um, my apartment building looks like it fucking straight out of the forties. <laughs> and I, I, I remember looking over at my dad. I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" So whatever. My roommate Narcisse comes down. He's from BC. He's a beauty. And he comes down. He's like, hey, man, like, nice to meet you. We've been talking all summer, obviously, and we finally get to meet now. This is at the – I moved out there August 2nd or 3rd, whatever. And so we go out there, and then I go up into the room, and they fully refinished this apartment building. Like The apartment building was, like, brand new. It had, had like, a nice flat-screen TV, had Google Chromecast hooked up to TV, yeah. had um, – had Two big couches in it. We had a living room, a big kitchen. My bedroom was huge. It's bigger than my bedroom here. It was. I had a walk-in closet. It was unreal. And then, um, so you know, we uh, we get out there, and then our arena. Listen to this bullshit. Our arena was having cooling problems, so the ice wouldn't stay in the fucking arena. The first, the first Jack. The first three weeks I was there, I didn't skate. After oh. skating all summer, jeez, so what, I was like, I was like, what a league, man! <laughs> I left one shithole league. I don't want to come back into another one. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, is this a GMHL in Sweden? Like, what the fuck? So we didn't skate for a week. So I was basically doing like two a day workouts. I'd go and run. There, uh, Udavella has like quite the soccer team. Apparently, they had like a nice turf field next to the uh, next to the hockey arena. So I'd like. I just go out there and like just run suicides in the morning, come home, eat, do nothing. Well, actually, not ex- yeah, do nothing, and then go back in the afternoon. I'd do weight training in the afternoon, and then but the nightlife was unreal. So when we first got there, my buddy Nars, big on Tinder. I'm not really a big Tinder guy. Never really was. I don't know. I just find it weird. 
But Nars is a big Tinder guy. So the first night we go out, we go out to this place. We have no idea where we're going. Um, nice patio bar. We just sit down, Nars and I, you know, get a beer, get to know each other, kind of. We're going to be living with each other for a year. And then uh, we're looking over off in the distance there. And, like, I recognize my coach, even though I just met him, like, three hours ago. But I can see my coach. And I can see my captain. I met him, too. He was there when we moved in. And they're smashing pints, like, three tables down. I'm like, what is going on here? So they call us over, like, hey, come here, come here, come here. So we go over there. And my coach just starts buying rounds for us all night. We just got smashed with my coach and my captain. First night we're like first night we're in town, just so wasted. Pretty good. Hello, just waffled, man. I had no idea where I was going. Walking around downtown Itavella, have no idea where I am. I got lost. I had to call them and like come like walk <laughs> <Bye> me home. <laughs> yeah, I'm like <laughs> everyone went back and I got. They're like, "Where's Gilly?" And I was like, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> like Nars is calling me on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> That's when you know you're desperate to find somebody, right? Like I'm like I'm ripping up Facebook Messenger trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. But yeah, no, my my coach was a beauty, man. I remember we were wasted. We were absolutely pinned one night. <laughs> my coach goes to me. He's like, "Gilly," I'm like, "Yes, coach." He's like, <laughs> "When we're here, we'll do whatever we want. But when we're at the rink, I'm your coach, not your buddy." And the second he said that to me, I'm like, this guy's a fucking beauty. Yeah, you're going to get along with him really dude, my well. coach would take us. Dude, my coach would, my, my coach would come to the bar with us. And he would just, he would just like pull out like a 500 Swedish crown bill. Give it to me. Be like, go get around for the boys. I was like, oh, let's go coach. <laughs> and I, the coach, we, uh, Jack, I don't know if I ever told you this, but so I was like 15 and we were, we were in Vegas for a tournament. And, like, the, the coach was paid and everything. This was AAA or whatever it was. Anyway, so, it's like the semifinals of the tournament. We show up. The coach is nowhere to be found. Nobody saw this guy until, like, three hours after the game. Nobody To this day, like, nobody knew where he was. Just disappeared in Vegas. This guy's hanging out in the Bellagio with a set of teams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did his own version of the hangover. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, man! But the nightlife, the nightlife was wild. You would stay, man. When we were there in August, like this time, it's only dark in Sweden for like three hours. Jeez. So like from like yeah, from like midnight, maybe not even midnight. Like just after midnight to like two, three in the morning, it's dark. So it's wild, man. It's like eleven o'clock at night, and it's still the sun is like still shining over the bay. It was insane. <laughs> Like our, our little town of Itavella is an hour, it's about an hour north of Gothenburg where the Frolanda SHL team plays. Like that's okay. like the good, that's like the good Swedish hockey. Yeah. Like the SHL. And I was about three hours, uh, three hours west of Stockholm. I had to think about it for a second. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was insane. And Yeah. So where do you want to go next with this? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> so like, would you guys, I remember one story you're telling me you guys went out like two nights before a game or the night before a game and you're still feel, feeling it the next day. Well, like, would you guys go out like every weekend and then, you know, no, 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 no. So I, was, like, <laughs> I was okay. So that was, um, that was around, 
I was around ha- Halloween, and we just got this new kid from our rival team, and uh, he was <laughs> he was hilarious. He was a loose cannon. He was a young kid, and he was a uh, he was a loose cannon. And he texted me. He mentioned to me it was like a Wednesday, and we played on a Thursday or a Friday or whatever. But anyway, it was the night before a game. And, like, I never do this. Like, I never go and light it up the night before I play. (laughs) But, you know, like, I came off a couple good games, and I was like, fuck it. I'm doing it. Um, How bad could it be? So he he mentioned it at practice, and then I didn't think he was actually going to follow through with it. But he calls me, and it's like 830 at night. I'm sitting on the couch with Nars, and he messages me. He's like, hey, are we still going out? I'll be at your house in 10 minutes. I'm like, wait, what? Completely <laughs> forgot what we were doing. doing. Dude, this guy got, I'm not even kidding me, like 10 minutes on the dot. This guy was knocking at my apartment door, like ready to go. And I was like, oh shit, like we're doing it. What's his, uh, what's his name? Or can oh, you try man. and pronounce his name? I know his, his last name is Limburg. Limburg. Yeah, he's hilarious. And is he a demon? So, yeah, he's a defense. Okay, I got him up right now. No? Do you have him? Yeah. Yeah, he he only got five points for you in nine games, but he had fucking thirty seven pims. That's pretty good. Oh That's yeah, he was a player. he was a brawler, man. He was fucked in the head. He tried to fight everybody. It was nuts. <laughs> nobody fights. Nobody fights in Sweden, man. Nobody fights in Sweden. Oh, but this kid wanted to fight everybody. I didn't understand. Yeah, nobody, dude. You know how many penalty minutes I had last year? I had like ten penalty minutes last year. That's out fucking rageous for a goalie. And like, I, it's just from like hacking guys in the back of the leg when they're in front of the net. And like, I'm nice about it too. I'll let them know. I'll be like, hey, you don't move. You're getting one in the dick. What? Boom. <laughs> Hack them in the nuts, and then I get a penalty. And then I had to stand on my head so the goalie didn't go in. But anyway, so the night before this game, and we go out, whatever, and it's like a Halloween type thing. We have no idea what's going on. We don't dress up. We just walk in wearing like whatever, and we're in there. And before I know it, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And I am fucking pinned. So <laughs> I'm wa- I'm just absolutely waffled walking around this bar. It, the, the one bar we went to, it's a downstairs, main level, and an upstairs. Unreal place. Like the mansion. And, yeah, it's seriously. Yeah. Yeah, so whatever, good time. I end up getting back to the condo, uh, the apartment where we were, condo, apartment, whatever, and like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm waffled. I get up in the morning. And I'm still feeling it. Oh. Like I'm, I'm still feeling it bad, like really bad. Go to the rink, get on the bike. I do a jog. Like I'm doing everything. I gotta sweat get it out. out. Yeah, you gotta, gotta get it out. out. So I come back, and you know, I come back, and then I'm feeling okay. I have a nap. I never nap on game day. I just kind of lie down, and like stare at the ceiling, just kind of get my mind ready. But this one, I had a nap. I have a nap. And I wake up to my alarm, and it's like 5 o'clock, and I got to leave in a half an hour to the rink. Wake up full panic mode. Wake up, get all my stuff together, get dressed for the game. I'm driving to the rink, and I can, like, smell the booze on my breast still. And I'm like, oh, oh. fuck, I'm, I'm done. I'm finished. I show up. Um, I tried to drink coffee. I hate coffee. It's disgusting. Just wanted to get the smell out of my breast so that no one figured out I was drinking. Lindbergh, who we were out with, this guy doesn't fucking show up till pregame warm up. <laughs> <laughs> I was losing it. 
we go out there and Udavella, like we weren't that good of a team to begin with. We we're the last place team, Oof. of course. Like Gilly's playing on. It's not like Gilly's gonna be playing on a good team. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then that happened, and I think we I, we lost the game like three one or something like that. But I actually played pretty good. But I never ever for the rest of the season went out and got buckled and played the next day. I was like, this is never happening again. Like Man. I. I I think I think the game, man. I think the the goals were like one was a tip, one was a screen, and like one was just like a cock shot that went bar down. Yeah, you you had no chance. Yeah, so like none of them went through like my five hole or like under my arm or something. So I felt pretty good about that. So well, then how did you get traded or did you get cut and then signed? So like it it sees that you're on like another team. You switched. Oh yeah, and those stats got buckled too. Yeah, they look too good. No, they don't. They're better than Fergus though. No, they're better than Fergus. Anyways, so um, so what happened there was we kind of got to rewind. So I got I got called up to a Division Two team. Ooh. I, was, I was skating with them, and they really wanted me. They really wanted me, but they were they were broke. They were broke. They had no money, and I couldn't afford to drive to where they were because they were playing just outside Gothenburg which is like a 45-minute drive every day each way. And, you know, gas in Sweden is so fucking expensive. It's like 270 a liter. So double the price what it is here. And driving around in my 1995 Honda Civic. So at Christmas time, I was like, man, they, it was a done deal. It was a done deal. I was going to this team when I got back from Christmas. Whatever, done deal. And so I get back from Christmas. Don't hear from the GM at all. They ghosted you. Ghosted me. Like wow. I've already told I already told Udavella I wasn't coming back. <laughs> like after Christmas. Oh man. I was like, hey, like I'm gonna be living in the apartment for like a, maybe a couple weeks and then I'm moving to Gothenburg. Like, yeah, like that's fine. Like we're really happy for you. Like they they didn't want to hold anybody back. You know what I mean? Like that's he knew cool. I was coming. Yeah, he knew I was coming over there and like the GM even told me, he's like, yeah, like we shouldn't even have you. Like you shouldn't even be playing in this league. Like you are like, you should be playing like division two, II, division one. And I was like, no, like I, I appreciate that. But like, you know, like I, I, I don't know how much I'll play, but this team really wanted me, but they had no money. And I think they realized that after they said they wanted. So I had no way to get to the Gothenburg because take this in. I'm fly. I came home for Christmas, came home to see everybody, you know, light it up for a couple nights with the boys and then fly back to Sweden. And I'm on my way to the airport. I get a phone call from my roommate from Bulgaria, Marty. Nice guy. He calls me. He's like, Gilly, I don't want you to get upset, but I got some news. That's a great way to start a fucking phone call. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to hear. So my other roommate, Sasha, Russian kid, fucking nuts. This kid is fucking dumb and good hockey player, but like just stupid human being. <laughs> this you, guy, you run into those people in the hockey community. Yeah, so, and he was getting called up to a Division Two team as well. Like, he was leaving. Like, he was leaving. He was just staying there for Christmas because he couldn't go home. You know, Russians, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, so, I I leave the car for Sasha. I don't even know if this kid has a driver's license because he could, I just, I couldn't talk to him. He couldn't speak English. So, I leave him the car. I'm like, Sasha, I'm probably going to need this car to go to Gothenburg to play for this team for two weeks until I get a place. Don't do anything to break this car. This kid crashes the fucking car. Dude, I'm not talking like crashed it like a couple days before we got back. We were gone for a day and this car got crashed. 
like I'm not even kidding. Like I left like the twenty, the twenty first. This car was crashed on the twenty second of December last year. Did like, ever, it was insane. Did he ever try and explain to you what happened, or you just got back and it was in fucking pieces? I haven't heard from the kids since then. <laughs> <laughs> insane. So, anyways, the Division Two deal falls through because I don't have a car to get there anymore. So then I end up coming back, and then I end up playing. Um, I played a few more games with Udavella, and then this is where that you know I got traded. I didn't get cut, Jack. I'm not like you. And yeah, I got cut from 21 teams one summer. So yeah, I don't think I'd be around anymore if I got cut from 21 teams. <laughs> so <laughs> so what's that? so the new team you go to. So they needed a goalie for a weekend because their goalie had to like I don't know what he was doing, but. So we had to do something. So then they called me as like a lone goalie. You know what I mean? Like yeah, lone yeah. me. And then I go out there. I win with them. They call me back again. I win with them again. So back to back. So I won. I win with Udavella the one night. I go and win back to back games with this new team, Monk at all. So they like me. And they're like a top contending team. Like They want to freaking win. So... Monday comes around, I'm at the gym doing a little stretch out, you know, whatever. And I get a call from my GM. He's like, hey, you had a couple of good games with Monk at all, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, uh, they just made a deal with us. You're going there. I'm like, oh, hello. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, thanks. I didn't want an input on it anyways. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave. <laughs> so I go to Monk at all and I start playing there. And it was sick because they had a former, uh, the guy just retired from the SHL. But he would still skate. He was sick. Unreal. Played like over 500 pro games in the SHL. And so he, him and I got along really well because he asked me like after he saw me play, he's like, what the fuck are you doing in this league, man? I'm like, well, like I'm trying to get out of it, as you can see. <laughs> Give me the and, fuck out of tra- Trade me right fucking now. Yeah, so I ended up going to play the rest of the year with them. And then I had a bad game. I was getting – I was – I'm not going to complain about ice time. But I was getting overplayed, and like I didn't really have. I played another, so I played a three and three Ooh. the previous weekend, and yeah. then I played another three and three the following weekend. And the third game on the Sunday, I just like I was dead. Like the first period, I was dead, and then I just battled the rest of the game, and we ended up losing. And then they went, <laughs> they just went back to their Swedish goalies after that, and I started getting frustrated. I got benched the game after and then I got sent in the stands for the next three games Ooh. and the third game when I wasn't in the lineup I didn't even go I just I didn't even go to the game I was you like, buying your it. flight home no I just I sat in my I legit sat in my apartment watched it from my laptop it was a home game too which is kind of a no-no thing to do like usually if it's an away game you have the opportunity yeah but it was yeah. a home game so I probably should have showed my face but I said fuck this I said, fuck this. You trade for me, and then you don't play me. Like, I could have stayed in Monk at all. I mean, I could have stayed in Edovella and played the rest of the games. So we lost all those games. And it comes down to the last game of the year. And the race was so tight that we had to win that game. Like, there was a, it was like do or die time. Like, we had to win. We won the game on the Saturday. So we had to win the game on the Sunday. And, you know, I'm like, you know what, maybe they'll go back to me. And put me in net. Like, I'm confident enough to bring it home. I knew the team we were facing. It was the first team I ever played. And I beat them. So, I was like, okay, like, give me the nod. He puts me on the bench. 
We're down five nothing after the first period, and I'm like, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm gonna be going home in February. Like, are you fucking nuts? So it comes into the room, and the coach snaps on all of us. Right, I'm just sitting there with my toque on because the rinks in Sweden are colder than fucking ever. And I'm sitting there with my toque on, blah, 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 and he starts mumbling stuff off his Swedish. And I'm like, holy fuck, what happened? So I go in in the second period and stand on my head. I had to, had no choice. Stop everything, uh, take it into overtime, and then I take it into a shootout. Oh, we go down to the wire in a shootout into sudden death. This is where things like confuse me. My coach sends a kid out to shoot that hadn't played the whole game. Hey, seriously, hadn't played the whole game. Goes out, misses the net. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. So I go in there and I'm like, okay, I got to go back out here. I got to make another save. So hopefully my coach might realize, I don't know, put out one of our hot scores and have him shoot. This kid from the other team comes down below the hash marks. Fucking winds up a clap bomb from outer space and puts it over. Oh the man! Bink. I'll send you the clip of it after, and then my season was over. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that, my season done. It was a roller coaster of a year, but it was unreal. Like all the stuff that happened was just insane, man. And then after this, so take this in. I'm driving home from losing, and my buddy Cole Candela, he plays over in, uh, he was playing in Denmark, and he calls me, he's like, man, like, you should come over, you should come, you should come this weekend, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, sounds good, send me your address, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) So I went and got on a train and (laughs) took a train to Denmark the next day. (laughs) Oh, man. man. It was, honestly, yeah, so that's basically how, well, yeah, yeah. Sorry, and uh, that's basically how my hot playing career came to an end. How did you I'm not know? Playing it. Like, why the I'm fuck not did you not want to go back? Like, this sounds incredible. I really did want to go back, but then COVID hit, and yeah. I was getting offers. Like, I was talking to teams in France. I was talking to teams in Sweden again. Um, like, Monk and all wanted me to go back and play for them because they they were making a push for Division Two this year coming up, but. Then COVID hit and it smashed every team's like, especially in the lower teams, they don't even have big budgets to begin with. Yeah. And you know, like they lost some sponsors and they lost, uh, you know, they just didn't have the extra money anymore and all this. And, you know, like my agent was set in stone that he really wanted me to go to uh, the Netherlands and play there. And I really wanted to, but like, just, it just didn't make any sense. And, you know, hockey comes to an end especially when you're not playing in like a top league and you know, it was fun. And I just, I, uh, from everything I've done and where I've been and how hard I've fought to get where I am, I'm not, I don't, I don't, uh, look back on any of it. I personally think like you should just keep going until you have nothing left in the tank for sure. And, you know, I truly believe like just keep working hard and things will happen. But you know, I had, I got an unreal job opportunity back here at home and, I just couldn't say no to it. It's like a, it's, it's a life instead of just another year, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's kind of what hockey is over in Europe. It's like another year you live to see another day. You get to go see someone different, but at the same time I get to stay home now. Like I'd, I'd already be getting ready to leave. It's July 27th. This is the same day I left to go to Europe last year. And you know, you, you miss things like 
hell, I haven't spent a birthday at home in six years. You know, I haven't got yeah. to spend time with my buddies on their birthdays or do things. And hey, like, hey, Gilly, what are you up to? Oh, I don't know. I'll see you in eight months when I'm back from playing hockey. You know, yeah. like, and I don't want to do that anymore. It's it's just nice. It's just nice to be like kind of a normal person now. And I know I'm kind of dragging this on. Sorry, boys, but um, yeah, no, I'm really glad you had me on. Like, I haven't really talked about my experience or hockey in general and since I got home because when I got home I got that job opportunity and then I just started started working and I like what I do now and you know you get to settle in and I have a girlfriend now which is kind of different I know Jack <laughs> will probably chime in on that <laughs> no I mean well to touch upon the, you retiring it's just not even just like because like I don't know if you want to call us played at well you you obviously played a lot of higher level than me but like we we played that long and played that intense it's it comes a day where you have to say like it's time to move on even for people who just play sports growing up too like a lot of them it's the decision to go to university but like you for you and I it was more like you know time moves on time to do other things but yeah definitely like it's it is a tough tough decision but I mean fuck you you got to do it eventually I mean we're not Carey Price we're not going to play around forever but yeah, no, no and you, you're definitely right there. Like, it is a very hard decision, and, like, people don't really understand it until you're in that type of position. You know, like, kind of like when you stop playing, but then, you know, you picked up what you're doing with Brock, which is unreal. Like, watching you do that is amazing, and, like, seeing how, you, how well you handle yourself, and, like, you know, maybe one day – maybe one day I want to get back into hockey as being a coach. I've had, I've had some people ask me to help out with teams, but my job right now doesn't really allow me to do that. And, um, you know, like it was, it was a really tough, it was a really tough decision. Like even talking to Dave and Marco Jack and, mm-hmm. you know, like that was a hard conversation to have. And cause it surprised them, right? Like I, nobody expected me to stop playing. I didn't expect me to stop playing at all. Um, but it's just the circumstances and I didn't really, I was, I guess I was just kind of tired of fighting for nothing, you know? Like, yeah. That's, really, that's actually, fuck. That was, that was good. That was well, well said, you know, like I was just like, fuck man, I'm not playing any like top tier hockey. And I would have been playing in, like I had a opportunity to play in the Netherlands too. That might've went through, but like, we still don't know, right? There's a lot of what mm-hmm. ifs and I've had a couple yeah. coaches I've had a couple coaches from Sweden reach out to me like within the last month asking me what I was doing. And I've, you know, I just, I didn't even reply to them because it's not like, I'm not a hockey player anymore. You know, like I'm, I get up and I go to work every day. I'm not like the main thing is, I don't know if you felt this Jack when you stopped playing, but like, I'm not stressed out anymore. I'm like a completely, I'm a completely different person when I get up in the morning. Definitely summers are a lot better. I mean, like just from when you're playing junior and you're you when playing college too, right? You're you're all you're always thinking, where am I going next? Right? You always have that that mentality of, okay, this is good yeah. for now, but where will I be in eight months, kind of thing, right? And you know, like now that we're done, we just do normal things and we don't have to worry about that like that kind of lifestyle anymore. Which you know, it definitely is way more relaxing. That's for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Like the only. You know, like you miss the things you miss the most is like the boys in the room, uh-huh. like road nobody, trips, fucking road trips on the bus, like the everyday person. I like I don't want to sound rude, like I like fuck. I wasn't even a big deal on any team I played for, but like just. 
being on the bus with the with the other te- with the other guys on the team and like going to the hotels and like you know like I I got to experience some national championship tournaments and stuff like that being a part of those you know the team at Adrian and then the team in Guelph I got to go to a couple national tournaments and got to see different parts of Canada different parts of the US and like those are the things you miss like I don't I don't overly miss playing and you know it's still fresh obviously it's only been a couple months but like I you know I remember my first game in Sweden like it was yesterday I remember my first time I ever got to go on the ice in Guelph in a game I remember the first time I ever got to go on the ice playing NCAA and Adrian like those are things that are going to be ingrained in your head forever no matter like where you played like Jack you'll still remember stuff you know like when you played in Bradford and you played sick like you'll remember little things like that and that's basically what hockey is for but as long as you can at the end of the day like this goes out for anybody like who am I to tell you when your time is to quit but my time to quit was when I felt it was right. I didn't want to be that player that was trying to fight for a fucking contract at 28, 29 years old, making 70 grand a year. Like that's not, that's not where, where I would want to be. Like to me, that's behind the eight ball, you know, like I want to, like I'm, I want to be established by the time I'm that age. And if I could look at it now, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I'm going to be with, the decision I've made to step away from the game. And like, that was my big thing. I want to walk away from the game where I was good enough to keep playing, but I knew that it wasn't going to end up where I would hope it would be. So, yeah. No, that's- yeah. And then yeah. ultimately once you retire, you just, you walk away with the memories you've had. Right. And I mean, Jack's seen me do everything I can to, <laughs> and to keep my athletics career going, I mean, I've tried out for in every three team. different, yeah, every, every sport at Brock before running track, which I've never done in my entire life. So, yeah, that's I mean, un- that's unreal, man. Like to be honest, and like that was a big thing, and that was a big thing. Is like people notice that. Like you might not think people notice that, but like I, when I was in Guelph, especially, I made. I made my name by just busting my ass and never complaining. Like I think I think I talked to the coach once about playing time in the two years I was there. Like I went up to him and I asked him, I'm like, hey, like I kinda want my I want to sniff, like I want to get ready to go here. And he was like, Yeah, we're gonna try and get you in. And then that was it. I never I never questioned it again. Uh, I I I told him I'm ready to go and now it's in his court to give me the opportunity to play. And I never got that opportunity, but hey, I'm not holding that against anybody because that's just what he did, you know? And they gave me, they pulled me out of the fucking gutter <laughs> when they had no reason to. There was probably a million other goalies better qualified than me to play at the University of Guelph and be like a third or a second. But nobody, no, not a lot of goalies want to do that, but I wanted to. I wanted to bust my ass and be there, you know, because I didn't want to at that time. I didn't want to give it up. I wanted to keep fighting until I had nothing left. And then, you know, I got over to Sweden, had my sniff in Sweden. I came home and it felt right. And it was just what I wanted to do. I felt like I didn't need to prove anything anymore. I proved what I wanted to do. I did what I wanted to do and I made my bed and now it's time for something new. No, that's well said. Well said, Gilly. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, 
you finished it off really well. I like how you, you talked about retiring, and that's, you know, something that most, if not all, the athletes go through at some point. So it's just, it's, it's a tough thing to do, but it takes a lot out of you. But, I mean, it, it comes around eventually. Um, one thing we typically like to do out of after every interview is we do, like, a quick question round. So it's just we ask oh, you yeah. five or six quick questions, you know, your, your initial response, nothing nothing too lengthy, but uh, we'll, here, we'll, we'll start this one off. First, uh, first question we're going to go off with is which game was your uh, most memorable? Either you played in or even just like taking a part of. Um, I think it, uh, you know, I only played like two minutes, but it was the one in Guelph where I got to go in and just kind of, it was in front of a home crowd. I'd been there for two years and I hadn't got a sniff. And then Masters had like some equipment problem. They, the ref made them go off. I went in <laughs> and it was just like, it was like, holy shit. Like this is unreal. Yeah. Like, and then, yeah. And then the next whistle went and it was like, <laughs> it, was it, was a long whistle. it was a long whistle, man. I bet the coach and everyone was freaking out. Like, yeah, they got a fucking whistle, you know, <laughs> but no, that was, yeah, that's probably one of the most memorable. Cause I love Guelph. Like I'll always love Guelph for that reason. That's your favorite, favorite school over Adrian. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I got really close with that whole team in Guelph there while I was there, and yeah, I missed that place. It was a lot of fun. What's uh, what's your favorite barn you've ever played in? I got a shutout in the Yoast. Yeah, University of Michigan. Yeah. Instagram, Instagram saw it first. I remember when you Instagram saw that. Yeah, yeah, that was a sick, that was an unreal day. That was an unreal game, and yeah, so that's probably my favorite barn I've ever played in. Um, you had mentioned it kind of previously. You had a couple offers to go in Europe, but was there ever a team or a so just a specific league you always wanted to play in? You know, obviously not the NHL, just something else. Um, yeah, I like if I was good enough, I would have loved to play for uh, like Belfast or something, the Belfast Giants. Over oh yeah, in, in the what is it? Oh, e H yeah E I yeah yeah in, yeah in the UK there, just because uh, that's where my family's from. My family's from uh, England, and it would have been really cool to have a life there. But, you know, it is what it is. So that's where I would have loved to play, play for Belfast. Um, favorite moment training with me, growing up with me? I used to fucking hate training with you because when we were younger, you were like the next best thing, and I was an absolute fucking scrub playing single A. I hated it. Everyone's always talking, Jack, Jack, Jack. And I was like, yeah, but Gilly's here too. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. All my friends from school think I'm terrible. So it's, uh, no, that's good. This guy, when he was a kid, was probably the fucking next big thing. I'm not even kidding. That was fast. That was fast. I will say this right now. If Jack had my height, <laughs> Jack wouldn't even be talking to us today. That guy would be in the show making fucking sheets. That guy would be cleaning up house. Oh, I'm not even uh, Jackal, I'm not even kidding. Like, if you had the height, you would have never, like, me and you wouldn't even be friends today because you'd be <laughs> playing in the NHL. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Um... What would you do when you weren't playing hockey? Like, what was your kind of your next sport you played growing up? Well, believe it or not, in high school, I was a starting quarterback for the four years I was there. Right for high, yeah. And I also <laughs> played. Uh, I also played baseball. I played. Um, I played baseball for a travel team in Newmarket. So, if I had to pick, it probably would have been baseball. Baseball. Um, who do you have winning the Stanley Cup playoffs? Throw out mm. My my. My Toronto Maple Leafs, buddy. Every oh, day. Clearly, clearly you need to listen to the NHL play-in episode where we explain thoroughly and how they're going to get their ass kicked. But, no, and that's the play-in round. 
hey man, I got to skate with Marner and those guys last That's, summer. That Marner's is cool. That's cool. And Martin, That's man, Martin's, yeah, Martin's a good guy. I got a chance. I was, uh, I got to hang out with him for like two months there in the summer every every other That's, day. So That's that when you wore your child's large jersey, right? That's what that was. Yeah, how funny was that, man? Dude, they man, had a this, black... Okay, we'll, we'll post it on the Instagram so people know what we're talking about, but this thing was fucking tight. This is my claim to fame. Martin's had like four or five breakaways that game, didn't score once. I'm Ooh. putting that out there right now. He didn't score on me. I taught you everything you fucking know, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> this guy's fucking hilarious, man. Um, last question is, who do you think would be great for our podcast? You want to know who you should get on here? Is my buddy, Olivier Lafreniere. Yeah? Yeah, you should get Oli on this thing. And when you get Oli on this thing, I want to chime in on it too. Because Oli and I, Oli's got a good story. And Oli and I spent a lot of time together. Um, he's just getting ready to go. He just had a roller coaster of a year himself. So he can chime in on that. But he's getting ready to go for his season coming up and I'm going to be going on the ice with him a lot. So yeah, we we'll uh, round table action going here. We can definitely, yeah. we can make that one happen. Um, yeah, I'll definitely let him know. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to use the plug, plug you in for that. But I mean, Gilly, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, literally way better than I didn't know what to expect going into this, but it's, it was incredible. Super pumped, man. Yeah, I hope I didn't babble on too long. I don't know how long you guys usually go for, but I can see this toggle in the top left, and I'm over an hour and 20 now. Holy. So, Sorry, I don't, I don't know what you guys want me to do or stop, but no, honestly, unreal time. Like I said, I haven't talked about uh, I haven't talked about hockey or anything yeah, since I stopped playing and I started working. And yeah, so, but no, it was great no. to open up about it. And yeah, hopefully, super, hopefully uh, your super viewers... Yeah, hopefully your viewers will like it too, and you know, in the future, have a. I'll I'll make a reach out to Oli and see if I can get him on for you. He'd Perfect. be a great guy to have on. Perfect. Thanks again, Gilly. All right, take hey, care, boys. I'll talk to you. Take care, boy. Great interview we just had with Gilly. Uh, super interesting to have him talk about his experience. You know, moving up from ACHA D three all the way up to you know U Sports, and then heading over playing pro in Sweden. Uh, really cool talk and how he kind of did life after like life after hockey and retiring, which was not something I completely thought of we were going to get to, uh, but super pumped that we ended up going to near the end. And overall, just a great interview. So let's transition into the latest news in sports. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, I'm sure why you, you got something to say on this, is the shit show that is the Miami Marlins right now. Um, they are in a fucking disaster mode, despite what Manfred says and what they're, the Marlins are saying publicly, but shit has hit the fan for them. Uh, what? Man, so first of all, Rob Manfred is the worst, like, <laughs> worst commissioner in all of professional sports. I am convinced that he does not actually know what he's doing. Or, like, look at things realistically. And this is, like, Gary Bettman denies that hockey is related to concussions. And I rate him above Rod, Ma Rod Manfred. Yeah, he, so, makes, he makes Bettman look like a genius right now. Oh, yeah. So, baseball has the least contact of any sport. You literally have guys in right field who are 100 meters away from any other player on the field. And the Marlins have managed to have 17 people of the 
I, I believe it's 14 players and three coaches. Now, they only have 33 players on their roster. So, that's a third of their roster has coronavirus right now. And then, they just decided to, like, keep playing and not postpone the games. So, and the Marlins are the worst team in the majors. So, of course, the worst team in the majors is potentially going to ruin the entire season. No, when I like, when I first saw this was, you know, Florida. But one thing that really caught my eye was... It's like you said, right? It's all the players, which means the the players in Miami w- obviously broke the code and not uh, didn't like um, quarantine, right? Just stay within the team. They went out and did something, right? Either one guy went to a club or like one guy was just out socializing when he shouldn't have and then got COVID and then came back to his team and then fucked everyone else. So not only did they fuck them, them, their own organization, but they could have potentially impacted the Yankees, uh, the Phillies, and possibly the Orioles too. So just because of that, those were the teams that are going to be playing either the Marlins themselves or going to be playing the Phillies. But I mean, one theoretically, one guy just fucked it for everyone. So you know, dick move, buddy. Well, yeah, and now MLB has like suspended the Marlins organization from playing until Monday, and then the Phillies were supposed to, or the Yankees were supposed to play the Marlins, and then the Phillies and the Orioles were supposed to play. But now the Yankees and the Orioles are playing, and the Phillies are off until Friday when they play the Blue Jays. So this has just completely turned into a mess, and now they're going to have to make up these games at some point, which is going to be like three straight days of double headers for somebody which is going to completely obliterate somebody's entire pitching staff. And no, thank but you. Yeah. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Oh, no, just some. I Yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing I saw, too, is that they were going to do double headers. But another thing I saw was they were just going to kind of have the Marlins go by their winning percentage rather than a win-loss record if they can't find the actual day to play the games. So I, I mean, the Marlins are irrelevant. So yeah, it doesn't it's just really going to matter. matter their draft position. But still, like... Way to go. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, is it, I, it's, it's easy to say this now, now that, you know, they had the issue with COVID and the Marlins, but I truly find it hard to see why they couldn't do a bubble. Why couldn't they just jump to four cities, two in the AL, two in the NL, and kind of somehow maneuver their way through that, rather than, you know, trying to be the first pro league in North America to try and just have, you know, everyone theoretically go as normal but just remove the fans i i don't i'm thinking back at it now i think you know what could they possibly push for that idea a bit harder and see where that was but i mean it hindsight's 2020 right yeah it's harder when you're trying to do that with 15 teams each right like yeah well like the entire um league still the nhl obviously is cut down to 24 teams and Half of those teams are going to be gone within the first three weeks or whatever. Um, The NBA's done it with 23 teams, I believe. 22 teams, maybe. And only 16 of those teams are still going to be around after the first two and a half weeks. So doing it with 30 teams, I think, would pose a little bit more of a challenge, especially over that long of a period where you're there for at least 60 days and then you have to plan for the playoffs as well. And I think MLB is hoping that by the time they hit playoffs, they're going to be able to have fans. 
that's the way I think that MLB is looking at it. And that because it's that's a similar way to what the NFL is hoping for in NFL opening day and MLB playoffs sort of correlate with each other in terms of timing. But with the way that everything's going, I don't even know if the MLB season's going to finish, let alone the NFL season starts, let alone have fans there. Yeah, the NFL, NFL along with college football is kind of in this delusional state right now. But um, this whole Marlins thing was just really surprising. And it got bad so quickly, right? Just because the virus transfers to, to people so fast. But yeah, I mean, it's it impacted the Yankees, you know, being my favorite team and watching them play. But, you know, hope, hopefully all those guys past COVID and everything hopefully gets back to normal. Yeah. Um, obviously, we hope that everybody who gets it comes out of it okay. We don't wish any ill will to anybody, but um, just just wish that the professional leagues could do what they said they were going to do and yeah. at least put player safety at the start. Seriously. And on that note of player safety... Let's talk about the uh, the NFL opt-outs that have been coming in the last day or so. So the the most like high high profile players, most notably Patriot the Patriots have lost six players so far to the opt-outs. Um, Marquise Goodwin has opted out, just signed with the Eagles. Devin Funches just signed with the Packers, he opted out. Michael Pierce just signed with the Vikings. He opted out. Starlo Dulele opted out for the Bills. And then Donta Hightower, Patrick Chung, Marcus Cannon, the big, big names that have opted out with the Patriots. So what what are you thinking? Are we going to see more? Is this going to be a huge trend? Are we going to end up with uh, Keanu Reeves in there as the, the replacements again? I hope Adam Sandler is the next run, uh, QB for the... Dolphins, that'd be cool. Um, I mean, I I'd like to say we actually did call this when we said that uh, after the Chiefs' right guard opted out, obviously for totally different reasons than what most of these other players said. But we said this was going to be a domino effect, right? We said that there was going to be more players to drop out, and I, I think there's going to be more just because a lot of people are weighing the options of do I return, right, and kind of risk it and put myself not only. Uh, my family, but like my close uh, relatives in in jeopardy. But I think that there's going to be more players to opt out, and it's um, it could get ugly. Yeah, what's interesting here is so the way that the NFL has it set up: if you opt out without being medically deemed like to be in danger, you get one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's your salary for the year. That's paid out of the salary cap. If you are deemed to be medically in danger, you get and you opt out, you get 350k. Again, that comes out of the salary cap. Um, but all the players opting out, they burn a year off their contract, and their salary no longer counts towards the cap. So with the guys that the Patriots have lost so far, they've gained like 25 million dollars in cap space. So with the, if guys of this pro. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like Jadavian Clowney's gonna be sitting there like licking his fingers. He's gonna be like, I'm gonna make like twenty five million dollars. Yeah, no, it's um 
a lot of things to note too is that these aren't rookies or first to third year players, right? They tend to be players who have experience, like you said, most of the players on the Patriots. So my belief is that these guys can afford taking a year off, right? So when they're in, the, they've given themselves that opportunity slash position to do that, which is which is good. But I mean, Clowney right now and his agent are looking at the situation like, well, fuck. Uh, we now have a lot more options than we had before, and we can still get the money we were asking from the very beginning. Yeah, and I mean, Donta Hightower was making $14 million a year. So, But he, he opted out because I believe his wife just had a yeah, son yeah. two, two weeks ago after three miscarriages, I believe. So, obviously, families at the, at the front of his... Um, Concern, priority. Yeah, yeah. So as it should be for everybody out there. So yeah, that makes sense. But there's there's been some some guys around rookie status who have opted out as well. Um, I I think obviously I don't think it's that big of a deal because I think the sal- the salary that they're they will get and what they were set to make is going to be relatively similar, but. Inter- it's it's been a wave, and this has only really come out in the last day or so here, and I think it's only going to continue. And on the note of the NFL, Joey Bosa just signed a five-year, $135 million extension, which is a record deal with $102 million in guarantees. Yeah, just wait till his brother beats him. <laughs> I uh, I I can't say I can't deny the fact that I wasn't enjoying the rumors that he was gonna go join his brother, but that's uh that's a good ticket he just signed. That family's gonna be fucking loaded. That guy deserves it, man. That guy's there's a, a third one, isn't there? Um, it honestly could be. I wouldn't be surprised just knowing how those how good those two are. But yeah, no, that's uh that's incredible. Way to go. Way to make those millions. Yeah, gonna have the Bosa's taking over the NFL, the Hughes is taking over the NHL, the yeah. Antetokounmpo's taking over the NBA. Jack Hughes is good. It's okay. <laughs> I I don't know who's taking over MLP. But all the other leagues are dominant brothers. <laughs> um, just one thing before we transition off uh, the NFL, I just kind of want to see what you have to say on this, but specifically being a Patriots fan. And the we kind of saw this with the Warriors and how constantly going to the finals, what that does to your body, as you can see between the injury between Curry and Clay Thompson, but oh, and Kevin Durant. The Patriots, a lot of they're the number one teams in terms of the players opting out as of right now. How do you think not only mentally the drainage of going to the Super Bowl year after year and constantly going through the the Belichick program does to your body and to your mind you think that not only do they see this as an opportunity to gain that rest back mentally and physically but also you know consider this is a great opportunity for me to look after my family and don't put my don't put myself in the position of getting sick oh I definitely think that like the the extra games they've played uh plays a lot into it I mean Cannon, Chung, Hightower all three have been key pieces yeah, over the last three Super Bowls they've won, and I think I believe Hightower. I believe all of them have played in four Super right? Bowls for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I, 
none of them played in the second Giants Super Bowl, but I believe all of them have been in the Seahawks, Falcons, Eagles, and Rams Super Bowls. And Bolden, I think he's won two Super Bowls with them, but you look at that, that's that's an added season an entire season of playoff yeah. games. So it it's definitely draining. Um and then you're playing for probably the most demanding coach of all time in terms of both intellectual abilities and what he demands of you as an on-field product. So um, I, I definitely think it, it plays a factor into it, especially since they don't get the same amount of time that everybody else typically gets to recover during the offseason. They really only get a four-month turnaround before OTAs. So I definitely think that plays a part into it in allowing themselves to get healthy. Marcus Cannon battled injuries all year, really over the last two and three seasons. Patrick Chung has always battled injuries. Hightower misses a game or two a year. But, I mean, I would argue that that guy is one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL. And that guy does more than what most people do, but I, I completely understand where they're coming from. Um, if I was in their position, I'd probably consider the same thing, especially with what my body has gone through. And I think there's going to be another wave of some veteran guys that we've seen that have played extra games over the last few years, maybe that have dealt with injuries that are going to kind of say to themselves, okay, like, I've got the career earnings to where I can just sort of take a year off when my body get back to peak performance ability and then come back at it when I feel 100% rather than pushing themselves at 80-85%. Yeah, no, you said it perfectly. Um, you know, being a super fan of the Patriots, I want to see what your experience was because you, you obviously know more about them than I ever would. But one thing to note too is a lot of those guys, you know, we play sports competitively to win and to be a part of that brotherhood and those guys have won three times right so is it the worst thing to consider taking a year off you know like you said kind of rehab a bit but I mean it's just a waiting game now we'll have to see if anyone else or when anyone else opts out and just wait for the kickoff one thing I'd like to transition to now is the NBA I want to talk a bit about their bubble and how effective the NBA has been in terms of, you know, COVID cases, it's been zero. And the actual protocols they've placed in terms of uh, players leaving the bubble. Uh, Wyatt, what, is, what has kind of been your experience so far in terms of reading and hearing up on the NBA and the, their effectiveness of the bubble? Well, I think they've done a really good job of, first of all, explaining what the rules are. Um, especially the public. I mean, the public knows everything that goes on yeah, in the bubble at this sure. point. Um, I don't think they've done a great job of making sure people stay in the bubble. Well, they um, let them leave, right? Yeah. You have but, to have the uh, reasons, but I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, Lou Williams going to a strip <laughs> club. I don't know how. I don't know how great of a look that is. Yeah, I don't know if he's tough. still trying to pass off the fact that he went there for the buffet. But. Um, I think they've done as as good of a job as you can. Obviously, players are going to do what they really want to do. And then it it's a 10-day quarantine period when they come back. I yeah, so, so how that one works is 
if you take, uh, so if you leave, right? So for example, uh, I, th- I don't know exactly which player it was, but there was one player where he took a COVID test himself every single day and sent it back to the NBA. And the NBA was obviously monitoring his situation. And he was able to, I think, take 24 hours away from the team and then come back and play. So if you're, you know, if you're constantly testing yourself, you don't have to miss anything significant and you can come back and play right after leaving. Obviously, you need to have an appropriate reason for leaving the bubble because not only are you putting yourself at risk, but you're taking away from playing the basketball. You're playing, you're the reason why you're there is to play. And if you're saying, well, I got to go home for whatever reason, right, you got to provide the appropriate reasoning. But uh, no, it's, I've been so impressed with how effective the rules and the policies are in terms of keeping the players safe and also allowing them, you know, not to keep this as a prison. Yeah, well, I know how the NHL is doing it, is if you leave the bubble, it's a four-day quarantine period. And then if you if you show no signs, then you, or no symptoms, and you test negative through all your tests, then you can come back in. Whereas if you test positive, it's a 14-day period. Um, I think the NBA had started at a 10-day quarantine, and then I think it's inched its way down to what you were saying with depending on how often they're tested it gets yeah. shorter and shorter that's, that's like the really big thing is if you're constantly getting tested while you're away like you said right it dramatically decreases the days you are forced to miss yeah exactly and i mean if the tests are coming back negative like you should be fine yeah exactly yeah but no i i applaud adam silver i think very highly of adam adam silver as a commissioner but i think the nba has set an exemplar example as to how quarantine and the bubble should be treated. I think the NHL has looked at them very closely. I think MLB and the NFL should look at them. Obviously, those two sports carry a lot more people around them than the NHL and the NBA do. But I think the NBA, with being the first well, I, I guess MLB was technically the first league to get underway, but NBA with being the first team, first league to really establish the bubble set a very good example. Yeah, no, I've I've definitely been uh, monitoring how they've been treating the players, and it's been it's been pretty impressive in terms of the whole interaction between uh, hotel uh, living aspect and then playing in the NBA. Um, one thing I do actually want to kind of briefly mention, not, not a key factor, but the actual hotel aspect. So I listened to an interview between JJ Redick, and he said how once they arrived was the hotel was, they, they did the bare minimum, right? They, they calculated in how, okay, what can we have in order to provide a great experience for the NBA players, but also keep our employees and them safe, right? So there's obviously not an exact number, but what they did was they had a very, very uh, low rate of hotel workers. So they didn't put themselves and the other players at risk. And obviously it's worked, right? They haven't had an issue like the Marlins. So I was just, when I was reading that and listening to that interview, I was, I was again, really, really impressed. Yeah, I'm assuming this, this is purely speculation, but I'm going to guess that they're kind of working the hotels like a cruise ship and they've got two or three rotations of staff that they're housing in the hotel i'm going to assume that the hotel employees are stuck in the bubble with the players too that's that's just what my guess would be i 
I got no information on it. Uh, that's purely speculation, though. No, that's that's pretty fair. Um, when I was uh, listening, I didn't hear too much information on that, but I mean, that guesstimation seems pretty legit. Yeah, I that that's how I would handle it. Obviously, I got I took one event management class, so <laughs> I got I got next to no background information on this. Contingency plans. <laughs> yep. What was the final thing you wanted to discuss? Oh, I didn't have anything else. Nothing else? Nope. So that's that's it for today's episode. Um, hockey's back, basketball's going, baseball's back for the time being. So life is good right now. Um, I'm super pumped for this weekend. I'm going to get shit-faced with my cousin and drink. But uh, I got nothing else. Super, super pumped for another episode of Moo. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for uh, we got an extra long episode this week. Oh, this this is a, yeah, this is a long I think, one. I think we ended up clocking in at like an hour forty five. So, to anyone who actually makes it through to the end, thank Cheers. you very much for listening to us. <laughs> All right, have a have a great week, everyone. Move. Move.